Hey, it's Nay. Get ready for all things educating, all things motivating, and all things inspiring. Welcome to my first episode of Tea Time with Nay, where today I interview one of my friends, Simi Sola, as we talk about her move from Nigeria to America, creating roots in a new land, and most of all, being a young entrepreneur and girl boss for her hair care company. I call this one, She's Coming to America. Don't miss out on all the insights from childhood memories in Africa, the importance of family and friends, and the beauty of staying on that grind. This is Tea Time with Nay. Alright, so before we start Act Acts, what kind of tea are you sipping on? Um, this is chai. Oh my god, I should have known. Yeah, this is chai tea. It's not specifically in any nice, cute container. It's just in my little carry-on. Um, if there's no milk in it, I don't like chai with milk. Like, you know, the way, like, it's not the way bases will make it. Make it. It's just the way I make it, just with sugar, black. That's how I drink. I'm drinking green tea. That's the way I drink my tea. I don't put anything in it. I just drink it straight. I put sugar in it, but like maybe like one teaspoon or two teaspoons, depending on the day. Like depending on how I'm feeling. Oh well, I'm basic, so. <laughs> no, that's fine. I like green tea. Today was just like a chai day for me because I needed to like study. Okay, so first question. What was it like living in Africa? I feel like I've asked you this a couple times, but, like, if you want to, you can go into more detail about what exactly, like, how was it living in Africa? With Africa, it's dependent on what country, your financial situation, and just where you live. Mm -hmm. So, with that being said, I lived in Nigeria, which is West Africa. And I would say we were fairly okay. You know, we're like rich, mm-hmm. we're poor either. So you were like, like middle class, I kind of middle class, middle class, but like yeah, middle class. I would just put it all in the grass, like basket of middle class. And I lived in a very good neighborhood. That's why I said middle class, but like very good neighborhood mm-hmm. because it was kind of like an estate. But I, I still moved so many times so I lived I can't say I lived in one place in Nigeria so Mm -hmm. I moved so many times in Africa so living in Africa for me was it was a lot of fun it it was challenging Africa in general especially Nigeria is very challenging to live in you need to be street smart academically too but street smart is like 100% so like the neighbor the neighborhoods is it similar to neighborhoods here in America or is it like totally okay, different? See, where I lived, I would I would give you a name. So I was born in a place called Mushin, Mushin, Nigeria, Lagos. I was born in Lagos. I lived in Lagos, but I moved to other states too. Where I lived is an equivalent to what you would call the Bronx or oh, Brooklyn. Okay. So it's like hood, then. I moved from, let's say, the Bronx, mm-hmm. Mushin, and I went to go live in, Queens is technically still the hood. I went to live in New Jersey, where it's more, more smooth. Oh, or I would say, like, I went to live in, like, Long Island, or Albany, or somewhere, like, or stay, what's that place again? The people don't really consider it New York. Staten Island. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, I was like, wait, what place? So, like, I went to go live over there, like that. So I went to Ikorudu. It was still, Ikorudu was still, like, slower, but it's still part of the hood. It's still mainland. Mm-hmm. So then in in Lagos, there is Highland, which is where you have, where the rich people live, the government, and all that, yada, yada. And then you have mainland, where both, even rich people live there, too. But that's where, like, everything is bustling. Just the way you have Manhattan, it's mainland to, to us, but it's like everybody lives here. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, mm-hmm. whether you're middle class, everybody works here, everybody lives here. So school life in Nigeria, um, I consider myself somewhat an American now. It's way better than, than America. I just wanted to say mm-hmm. that. It's way better. Since I went to high school there, and I also went to some form of college or university, 
in Nigeria, it honestly it's way better. It has its pros and it has its cons. Living in another country, especially an African country, it has its pros and it has its cons. There are more pros than cons depending on what kind of view of life you had. If you're the kind of person that's really negative, when you come to a place like America, which is technically, technologically more advanced, you will be like, oh, Africa is bad, Africa is this, Africa is that. But when you have a positive mindset and you make do with what you have, you will come to America and it's like, yo, it's lit back home. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're So, yeah. As far as, like, African activities go, you know, like, how when we have a girls' night, well, I don't know, like, say, no. go to the mall, or we'll go skating and stuff. Oh. In Africa, what kind of things do you do when oh, you're going so out? Things. So many things, so many things. Um, we have malls, too, so if other people don't know, mm-hmm. we have, like, beautiful malls there. We have, um, so, I recently went last 2019. I, I came to America when I was 15, so that's 2015. So, I went... 2019. So I can tell like current and old. Back when I was still there, when I was like 14, 13, we we had malls and stuff, but it wasn't like everybody go. It was more. It was kind of still old school. People mm-hmm. were still doing stuff. We were, we were like mentally Americanized. That's my mom. If y'all hear her say something is burning, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we were really, like, Americanized, but now, when you go to Nigeria now, there's so many things to, be, to mm-hmm. do. Back then, there wasn't even, like, there, see, one thing about African countries, especially my country, is there isn't 100% light. So, when, when there is no light, we have the tendency to turn on the generator, if there's, if we have to, or at nighttime, we play games, like, what they call those things, um, Hopscotch, that what is it called? Hopscotch? Jump rope. Jump yeah, rope. we do jump okay. rope. Um, we call something suey. Suey, I don't know the name. You call it in America. You draw lines on the floor. That's hopscotch, right? Like, you talk about the squares rope. and the numbers, and you go, one, yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, that's hopscotch. Yeah, we don't necessarily put numbers on hours. We just know, like, okay, this is what you do. Right, we do that. And then we have another name for another one. It's like OB. We play so many games. And that's when we were kids, right? We have hide and seek. And then there's this weird thing we used to do because I stayed in a rural area also when I was really young. Um, I think you guys are going to laugh. We would we would go find um, fire sticks. Like, you know that Africa people usually have in mind where people like have been like going to the like forest, mm-hmm. cut it out with trees and stuff. Yeah, we did that too. In the village, not in the city. <laughs> but we would like go find um, um, firewood. We were young. So we would like, cur- like contribute money mm-hmm. and stuff. And we'll go, some kids will go to their mother's house, steal the rice. Okay. So you just let, say steal let the rice? No, because that's so silly. Although we say, oh, you're just taking it. You're stealing. You take the rice. Some kids will go to their mother's shop, bring an old chicken, like a frozen chicken, out of the refrigerator because we wanted to have, like a, like, a kid's day in. And we would cook on the firewood, eat this old big food. Some people would take some food home. They would cook, make soup. What? <laughs> that's fun for us. Like, that's... I like wish we could do that. We would do that. That's like, what we did when we were young. If I was your age and I was making a fire in my, like, where I live, <laughs> my, my parents would, <laughs> like, no. That sounds like but, so much we fun. we also went to the beach, too. How was the beach? We didn't want to do that. We went to the beach. Where I lived, the beach was really close. It was like a, it wasn't a walk. You just take a cab. Mm-hmm. It was like a 30 minutes cab. And we would go to the beach. And you can still do the same thing now. You can go to the beach, it's like an hour away, and it's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. The water and everything, it just feels more in tune. Simi, I'm so sorry. When you when you brought a beach, it reminded me of our girls' weekend when right. you were right by the water. <laughs> that was fun. That was really fun. It, it did was. remind me of back home when we went. We have, we have a 
a beach back home that's really, really similar to the one we went. Um, there's a, like I said earlier, there's a lot of pros and cons. Um, if you want me to speak about the cons, which I'll definitely speak about also, depending on where you stay in Nigeria, Nigeria, Nigeria right now is really hot because of the government. Mm-hmm. You see the NSAS things I was talking about on Instagram yeah. and what people are talking about. It's really hot right now. That do not mean you cannot go. You can go, but I would really suggest for you to go with somebody that's street smart in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Not somebody that's street smart here. Go, go with somebody that's street yeah. smart in Nigeria because there's a possibility that you will get robbed. The same way you will get robbed in Bronx, New York, Jersey, Newark, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, you will get robbed there too. Oh, so then I have a question smart. then. So, like, say, for example, if... I wanted to travel to Nigeria. Say we did some kind of crazy girls trip or whatever. How is, mm-hmm. like, the currency difference there? Is it, like, your money uh, here is worth more than in okay. Nigeria? How is that, it? Okay, that's a very good point that you made. Before, the currency of America is high in Nigeria. But now, because the dollar is going down, if you check in stocks and stuff like that, it's almost, to me, it's almost parallel. Mm-hmm. One dollar in Nigeria right now is three hundred and eighty-eight naira. Before one dollar in Nigeria was one fifty naira. Now the currency is is just fluctuating. Mm-hmm. So you will have to have like okay. For I would give you, I'll just give you an amount for you to go now to have a really good time, Airbnb and everything. I would tell you to save at least, including plane tickets and that round trip. I would, because of COVID and everything, I would suggest you save up to at least Mm $2,500. That's something that's just, that's just light work. That's not it. I'm not talking about that if you you want to stay in like I-brand places. If you want to stay in I-brand places, I'm telling you, you need to take at least five thousand with you yeah i was thinking five thousand in my head yeah if you want to like stay in like island staying lecky or banana island yeah five thousand you have to have like least five thousand with you wow okay all right my next question <laughs> for you all right so i know you mentioned something about trying different religions one time when you were younger and all right. sorts of that stuff and how you said your dad said that God will always exist, or wh- however you put it in your words. Do you want to explain that once again, like your story? Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, growing up in Nigeria, like I said, I moved out, I moved around a lot. So, um, my dad gave us the freedom of religion. Although there was already freedom of religion in Nigeria, but as, as a parent, it by himself, mm-hmm. he didn't just force us to do what he wants us to do. So he gave us, you know, choices to go to church or to go to the mosque or to do traditional worship, which I have a lot of things to say about traditional worship, too. But I used to be a Muslim. Then, you know, after after a lot of, like, persuasion, I wouldn't really say research, persuasion, I was like, you know what? This five-day praying thing is not for me. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm too young for this. <laughs> right? So I became a Jehovah Witness. And then I came to America as a Jehovah Witness. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really say while I was in Nigeria, I did Hindu. But I, like, I had, like, a lot of books I was reading. I, yo, we had a whole library of books in my house. And those books were not really, like... You know, novels. We had novels too, mm-hmm. but like it was mostly religious books because that those are what my dad was interested in. Yeah, it was interested in God, and that's what he gave us. If there was anything my father like gave anybody or me or my brother or my sisters, he gave us God. Whenever you speak to him, he would always talk talk to you about God, about Jesus, why he's so good, mm-hmm. the way we should say God. So growing up in that manner you tend to want to seek out God, and you tend to want to know where he is. And that's what happened when we came to America. But yes, I did I did dabble into a lot of religions and a lot of denominations, a lot of um, non-denominations too. I, but one thing I was never, well, I was never Catholic. Like, no shade, but like, 
I just wasn't part of that paganism. Like, no shade. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, I was never a Catholic. I was never an Anglican. Pentecostal, I would go to the church to worship there. Mm-hmm. I did even... There was another church that called the... Um, was it CAC? This is the church I grew up in with my grandmother. It's called Caribbean and Seraphim. I think it's mostly like a Nigerian-African church. Mm-hmm. It's almost the same thing. Like, it, it was just not fulfilling. It's like this. You go to church. You pray. Like, I'm not talking about, like, like you're, like, casting fire down, like, basically. Like, you basically just shouted on God at this point. Mm-hmm. You're praying. And then after you finish praying, you eat. You listen to the word. Call it a day. The word is not really a word. It was just like a, it was just a pastor basically just yelling a bunch of opinions at you. <laughs> um, literally no shade. This was literally no oh. And I wasn't even, quote unquote, an adult. I was still young. Mm-hmm. So we had children church. Children church, you actually learn something from the Bible, like Bible stories and stuff. But you're not really getting yeah. anything. You're just eating. So until I go home and go talk to my father, then my father teach me stuff. Yeah. So if I didn't have my father, I would not even be where I am today. Honestly speaking, I don't mean Shout to, like, out to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I wanted to also talk about African tradition thing because I feel like it's the it's a problem in our African American community right now. Mm-hmm. As we speak. Because I, I'm speaking from an African point of view. Am I talking to her? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm speaking from an African point of view, and a lot of my black brothers and sisters, as in, in America, they are actually saying, oh, we want to go back to our ancestors and with the way our ancestors are doing and use that to respect and honor our ancestors. Wallahi, no problem. You want to do it? No problem. You want to go ahead? No problem. The problem is, it's not about you respecting your ancestors. Now, you're doing things that, you're doing what your ancestors did that cursed them. If you understand what I'm saying. You're doing what God doesn't like that your ancestors started. And basically, that's why a lot of our ancestors did not grow past where they are. Mm Mm-hmm. This traditional form of worship and, you know, you know, calling um, spirits into certain things and worshiping the water, worshiping, these things are wrong. They mm-hmm. are idol worship. Yeah. They are a paganism. This is what the, the Lord is against. So instead of our people going back to God, they're going back to the ways of their ancestors, which, as we speak, a lot of people in Africa... They are trying to get away from what their ancestors taught them. Mm-hmm. Because it's putting people in bondage, spiritual yeah. bondage. And people in America, I understand, we don't understand, like, they, I want to say we, yeah. We don't understand that, so what do we do? Because we're trying to get back. And the social media is not really helping yeah. us. Because they're giving us, I'm not kicking out Black Panther, but what they gave us in Black Panther is a form of African religion. That is wrong. Mm-hmm. It is. Witchcraft, calling on your ancestors. First of all, they are dead. <laughs> they don't have any consciousness of what is. Yeah. Where you are. They are dead. The dead is dead. You are alive. You should be worried about you. Yeah. But I really am against, you know... I'm not saying you shouldn't respect yeah. or acknowledge what your ancestors has laid down. I'm just saying, calling on the spirits of somebody, yeah. going to some kind of medium, except Christ. <laughs> yep. so, um, it's so interesting that you say that, though, because so many times I want to learn more about like African culture and African tradition and things like that, but it's so hard actually going to resources, whether it's people or social media or sites on the web or books that you read, it's hard to actually tell if you're actually being taught the right things. I've had this little 
I guess, quirk, you could say. And, like, it was, like, a good amount of months ago when I was actually trying to learn Swahili. And I told you about this. And it's, like, so hard actually trying to find people or places or whether it's on YouTube to actually, like, are they actually teaching me, like, the real right words? Because I don't know. So I wouldn't know if what they're teaching me is right or wrong. And I wouldn't say that, you know, African language was indefinitely in paganism that's not a thing mm -hmm. it's not like you can learn african cultures we have other cultures that's not in depth into paganism yeah we have other matter of fact the old point my tribe specifically i can't speak for other tribes because i'm not from other tribe but i'm yoruba or anago and we are known to be very respectful mm -hmm. that doesn't have anything to do with calling down spirits yeah isn't that right? language also like the most common language in africa Yes, the, um, yes. Actually, Yoruba is actually quite common yeah. in in Nigeria, in Brazil, in Portugal. But yeah, Portugal. Wow. Because I remember one time I made this painting and it had like African colors and all sorts and whatnot. And somebody commented on my post, trying, I guess, like kind of attacking me in a way because I used the color red. What does the is the color red bad in Africa? I was so confused. Okay, so <laughs> superstition. But okay, so the colors do matter if you actually think about them. Mm -hmm. Colors are also spiritual. They are not that's not a sense of you need to understand the vibes and the aura certain colors bring. Yeah. Now black and red because of superstitious beliefs in certain cultures, not all Africans believe this. In certain cultures, maybe Kosa or maybe Zulu or maybe um, some Ashanti, because I know my Ghanaian friend actually doesn't like red. Mm -hmm. I don't know. One of her, maybe it's just a family. And even Yorubas, too, and Igbos. Igbos actually like red. But certain cultures, they don't associate with the color red because a lot of our ancestors have been using the color red for evil purposes mm -hmm. and they've been using black for evil 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 purposes but that do not mean those colors were to begin with evil depending on what you're using them for if you take the color white right and you use mm -hmm. it for something bad it's not the fault of the color yeah so that all there's nothing wrong with the color actually the color red actually also represents royalty it actually represents um you know passion and deepness and boldness yeah that's Same what i was focusing black. on that's exactly what i was focusing on in my painting and for him to just go out of his way to comment on my artwork talking about that represents blood and violence. I was like, depending on what I use it for, yes, it could. But in my context and the way and what I painted, you already know that's not what I meant by my painting. Right. Like, oh, it got me so tight. But that was like a year ago. So but I was just like, let me just ask you. As long as you're not painting, painting that kind of thoughts, and people have seen that kind of thought, yeah. then I don't think that's the problem. All right, so I have your next question. Okay, so transitioning over now from talking about coming from Africa to now your passion, did you always love to do hair? And did it come naturally? Or did you have some aunties that you were watching on the side while they did hair? You know, tell me. This is actually very deep for me. Yo, I'm hurrying out my business. Okay, so... Um, when I was growing up, I grew up specifically with my father. Mm -hmm. I did have aunties around and my grandmother, but because I had to grow up with my father because my mom wasn't there, I um, I ended up having to do my hair myself. Mm -hmm. And that made me develop a liking to hair. And most of the time, my father also had to do my hair for me. So also, I had to do other people's hair. Because, you know, when people see what you can do, they're like, oh, yeah. God, you're gonna me up. I can relate, yep. Right, so I, would, I had to do, and, you know, same thing with aunties, too. When I was younger, girls, you know, my hair was lush. <laughs> and then they cut it. 
Wait, you didn't have a choice? No, they didn't even ask me. They just, what? like, literally, they were like, literally, my auntie was like, hmm, I think she was low-key jealous, because she was, like, bald, but oh, anyway, so, she looked at my hair, and she was like, hmm, I think it's time for you to have short hair. Who is you? <laughs> and then she cut my hair. And the, that was traumatic for me mm-hmm. because people don't understand the little things you do to a child can cause them to... I did not forget that. And that happened to me when I was like four or five. Mm-hmm. I, forgot, I forgot so many things, but I did not forget that because that yeah. was my hair. That was my glory and you just cut it off. Yep. And that point in time, I was like, nobody is touching my hair. Mm-hmm. And to this day, if I did not advise you to touch it, if I didn't ask you to touch it, I'm biting your hands off. Let's be honest. So, that made me develop a liking for hair. I mean, I can tell from the texture of your hair, from the look of it, if it's healthy or not. Because I've been doing it from that young, from mm-hmm. like six. I've been doing my hair for that long. And I've been doing other people's hair, my friend's hair. So, yeah. So, did you always want to have a business for hair care, or was it something that you thought of further down the road? When I was younger, I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. But when I came to America, when I came to America too, never thought about it. So it was something down the road. I w- I did think about making products for myself mm-hmm. and for my family. I made those products. I made most of my recipes is something I've been doing from when I was younger. Yeah. Or, or what my fa- my father is an herbalist, so he just made stuff and then put them in my mouth and my hair. Oh. So and they work. So you basically like grew work. up with the knowledge of herbs of, and of hair and and our herbs. That's work. awesome. So when I came to America, I was like, you know, like maybe I should start making this products for my family, my mom. Mm-hmm. And myself. So I started to make it for myself. And then, like, people would see their hair. Because my mom, at first, she had locks. She still has them. She had to cut them because the, she was going to salons to go do her hair. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything about salons and anybody opening up salon shops. But if you pick the wrong salon to work on your hair, your hair will not grow or yeah will not flourish i haven't gone to a salon in years, in years. like i just mm. right so you for, i'm not saying you shouldn't go to a salon if you do go to a salon make sure the person you that is working with your hair knows your hair yeah knows you and has the right mindset because some people they just want to want to do the hair get some couple of bucks and go yeah some people don't even like doing hair so i had i started making these products for my mom and my mom was like yo yo what is what are you like what are you doing this This can actually help people and it wasn't about i never had it in mind to start doing this i'm not doing this she told me this 2016 Mm -hmm. i was like i'm not doing this i must have a business i want to do something else so 2017 she kept telling me I was like, you know what? Okay, I had like a kind of division, so I joined the salon. Mm-hmm. I worked at a salon. You know, that was terrible. I didn't want to afford to go into it. That was terrible. Yeah. And then like, and then recently I was like, yo, I should actually put this out there, like, I because I started to use my products and other people. And people were like, yo, your products are like, you're bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So I decided to put them out there. So I, it's not something I just thought up like, mm, yeah. I'm going to start a business. It was like, like along the road. That's so cool. Okay, so I know you're still in college. So basically, what was it like shifting gears from young women in college to now young women with a business? Was and it hard? College. Was it a struggle? Is Are you still getting used to it? How is it? Honestly, since I just started and I just, a matter of fact, did I tell you the time I, I was supposed to launch my business wasn't even the time I was supposed to launch. It launched earlier than I expected. Oh, that's good yeah. then. Like it launched like three months earlier. That is amazing. People just, kept, people just actually kept ordering. So, mm-hmm. um, 
what happened is that I am still working on it. I wouldn't say I'm perfect. There's still a lot of things that, you know, it's a business. It's a whole journey. Yeah. It's not something you just jump into. And it it is, it, it is my, it is a big point in my life. My business is a big point in my life. Also, it's my schoolwork. Yeah. Because I want to do all the things too. And juggling both. People would say, oh, it's stressful. It's crazy. Actually, I'm breezing through I, it. Yeah. You I, know, I'm not, I'm personally, I'm not the kind of person that likes to stress myself. I know you're it's not. That's why I tell you right? all the time. Like, you're always that person I need just to calm me down because you just have that aura about you. You just, you're not one to really stress. You're just like, okay, deep breath, calm down. So I figured, like, that's why I asked. Literally, that's- what you just said, I am, I am a, a bit of an overanalyzer. So mm-hmm. that deep breath thing, I had to take it. I was just like, you know what? Yeah. Last semester, I'm just going to say last semester, I had a lot of orders coming in, both from family and outside. Mm-hmm. And I was just, and I had classes, and I just, I wasn't there. And I had other things, because I have, I like, I like hanging out with my friends. Yeah. And family, too. And it was just like, yo, we need to pause, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. let some things go. So I had to learn, let certain friends just tell them, like, look, I'm busy. We can't do this today. Yeah. Even professors. And it wasn't because I was doing anything. I just needed that mental rest. Yeah. It wasn't because I needed a physical rest. It was a mental... That's the thing about owning a business and going to school. Honestly, sometimes it might not even be a physical thing. Your mind really just never gets a break. I know exactly what you're saying. It's just, even with me, like, in my art and everything, it's like, I'm never not thinking. Even when I try and go to sleep, my mind just, it doesn't shut up. (laughs) Like, I know, I know what you're talking about. Oh, my Lord. With owning a business, I don't even want to talk about school and the stress. It's just, the business is like, the fear that comes with being an entrepreneur. You Mm -hmm. start realizing it. Like, like, the negative thoughts is like, what is, no, what? Yeah. What? What if my business don't go higher than this? What if people don't like my products? What if what mm-hmm. if my presentation is not good? And I have to calm down from all these negative thoughts and bind them up. Like, look, you are because sometimes as a perfectionist, which I also had to reduce, is that as a perfectionist as myself, and I believe you are also. Yeah. I want everything to be like. If it's not the if it's not like this, I don't want it. Yeah. Like I will pass it away. If it's not straight, if it's not like but you know, my dad and my mom really God bless them for blessing me with parents like this. And my um my sister, mm-hmm. my friend, really God bless them and I'm really appreciative for their encouragement and their ability to just be like, Yo, you are new to this. You might not think you don't even got money. What, what are you doing? You're college. Mm-hmm. My, dad, my dad literally said that. My dad was like, what are you doing? You're in college. Okay, the little money you add that you saved up, you're using it to run your business. And the money you get from your business, you're using it to run your business. So why are you stressing like you have one million in your bank account? <laughs> so after realizing this, and I, I read all the books. I had to read books and stuff. I was like, yeah, this is a journey. This is not something that... Yeah. Because you will go on Instagram, you will see people, 19, multi-millionaire. Yeah. Multi- I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you like, look at their presentation. It's like, yeah. You want to be like that too, but it takes you, time. Yeah, you, yeah, we see so many people, whether it's like in person, we actually know them, or on social media, or on YouTube, or whatever. Right. And it's like oh my gosh, I want that. But at the same time, when you're actually coming close to it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is actually a lot more work than I anticipated. Right. And doing right. I, It's just like, I came to the point starting this year where it's like, I would rather fail knowing that I tried than fail right. knowing that I didn't. It's just like, if I fail, I fail. That's part of life. I just, you can't it's really help life. that you anymore. Pick right, you pick up right where you stop yeah. and keep going. And you know, one more person that really encouraged me is Sister Tamara. I will not fail to mention her name. Yeah. Um, Perfect Blends. Just seeing her just post and asking her questions and knowing that she's somebody you can always talk Talk, to about business. It's amazing to have that sister around. And 
the advice she gave us that she had to I, I want to remember properly. She I know what to, you're talking um, about, though. She had to, like, you know... Balance being a wife and yeah, being a wife, mother, mother being a, job. Exactly. And I was just like, yo, that's how you know that this is not a joke. Yeah. A lot of people think this is a joke. Like, I could just start a business. Yeah, you can start a business like this. But if you want it to grow, you have to do things gradually. So, yes. And so, it, I'm not going to... It's not a lot, but I'm I'm breathing through it. Like you know, I thank God, thank y'all. I really thank God. I'm not gonna mm. say this is just being. Ah, it's just flowing. No, it's not flowing. It's <laughs> gradual. It's gradual, and I really thank God. Yeah. I thank God for support. And there's still a lot more things for me to do. And mm. you know, I'm not the kind of person that's like you know, I got it all. I ask for help when I need one. Mm-hmm. Even when I don't need one, if you if you know have something. I, I give it to me, you know, <laughs> I yeah. ask for help, I ask for help, I tell people to help me to do this. It's so and funny I know- you say that, though, like, of asking of help, though, because I'm the opposite. Ever since, like, I was young, whether it's my art, my music, so many things like that that concern me and what I'm creating, I've always had to teach myself. So I never really ask people for help for certain things. So it's just, I'm that type of person in the life spectrum where I don't like asking for help. But right. it's funny you say that because it, it does come with being humble and just being like, okay, like realizing, okay, I need help. I don't, you know, know what I'm doing and just asking right. for help. Right. And, you know, it also, it also helps you build, build your team because, Nay, you're an artist, you're a graphic designer, you do a lot of things. Yeah. And you need a team. You can't do all that by yourself. Yeah. And, you know, when you can, just, yo, ask people for help. It it could be the smallest thing, like organizing something. And you will not, you will not believe. Like my sister, um, just an example. I was setting up my website and everything like that. It's not, it's a store. And my wording, okay, I'm going to say this straight up. I don't say criticism very well. (laughs) As a professionist, I really don't take criticism very well. I try to, but I know, like, I don't take it very, yeah. very well. Because I'm the kind of person, what she know about me? Like, she can't be telling uh, Like, me. as an artist, for me, I've grown up with criticism all my life. So, to me, it's just, even sometimes, I'll admit, sometimes I still don't like it, depending on what people say. But right. I'm more used to it. Like, I'm, I guess it just depends. Well, if you're an African person... Your aunties, your uncles, your dad, your mom, they will criticize you. <laughs> and the person that I still don't take criticism very well is just, it's just me being prideful. But <laughs> I don't take it very well. It's not like I would react. I'm passive aggressive. I wouldn't react to me like, what are you talking about? You don't know me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to be like, okay. <laughs> and then, but it's very important to take things with a grain of salt. So when I was setting up the wording for my website, the outfit should be, for like my custom design, because mm-hmm. I do custom designing, and um, no, not custom design, custom order. Custom order. Oh, okay. Custom design is something. This is cool right here. So, <laughs> um, custom order. So I order things really amateurly. So I was like, so my thinking, I was like, yo, this is perfect. This is amazing. This is good. My sister read it. She was like, what are you saying? Oh my so lord. Understand this. And she helped me. I was like, yo, can you help me? I had to just calm down. So I was like, no, it's good. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. I had to just tell myself, calm down. Let her help you. And just for her wording that for me, I am telling you, that just that just made everything good. And I was like, mm-hmm. thank you. Like, really, just small things that people can help you with will make things in your life yeah. a lot better. It'll make the so. difference. So talking from help has there been any discouragement along the way with your idea of having a business was there discouragement when you found out you wanted to have a business is there still discouragement now either with you mentally or from other people like how is that the discouragement yeah there is a lot of discouragement there's always going to be discouragement but you just have to keep on you know, you have to be your own motivator and self-starter. That's one thing I don't, I don't, you know, press in. I'm always a self-motivator. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the discouragement is, 
whether you like it or not, you're going to say, oh, you know, when I started this business, it's not about money. It is about money. Um, you're an, This is economy. Yeah. It's a so it is about money. So one of the discouragements was sales. Because I was like, what if people don't actually buy this thing? And this was like a month or, you know, actually three months to when I launched my business. Like, what if people actually don't buy this thing? Mm-hmm. If I was going online, people would come. Because I, I haven't started, because I'm still in school, I haven't started, like, big marketing or anything like yeah. that. I'm still, you know, face-to-face or virtual um, marketing. So, like, I was like, what? people would come check your website. <laughs> they would put things in your cart. Like, we do that all the time. And then when we check the overall price, like, nah, I don't got time. Yeah. I don't and I know that's what customers are thinking, but I still, there's still that in nature, like, Yo, people are not buying. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a good product. But, you know, with that, I, I end up, you know, reading some books, talking to my father. Who, if I tell you my father used to have a business, he used to have a business. So he helped me out a lot. So I spoke to him and I was like, yo, dad, why are people not buying? And it was like, you just started. That's something like, I think feel like we, we I always forget personally. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, because you know, it's the social media is a really, is a really great weapon for bad and for good. It could influence you negatively and and positively. Yeah. And you know, when I see people on the website, and those are people close to me. No, I'm not talking about far off people. And it's like, yo, I wanna, you know, I wanna be like that too. I wanna have so much sales. And then, but then it's like, because it's motivating, but it's also crushing, crushing. So I had to speak to my father, and my father was like, you just started. Things gradually develop. Yeah. And, and he told me when God started his people, that he didn't just always, actually, he gave me a good example of Gino. He told me that when Gino first started, he didn't start off, boom, like, big church, big temple. Yep. Big <laughs> he said he started off in a basement. Yeah. And, and he told me that right now I'm still in the basement of my life. Yeah, I and literally like, use PJ as a motivation all the time. Right. I'm like, Naomi, you see how many years it took PJ just to get to where he right. is now. I'm like, right. and that's God's work. Yeah. I was like, my little beauty business, like, I need to right. just be patient. Right. That, you know, and sometimes maybe God really wants to test our patience. Yeah. And see how good we are with the small things. And, you know... It, it, it helps me, really. It helps me to be more organized and balance myself and be able to do two mm-hmm. things at the same time. So, yeah, that's one of the cha- my challenges is sales. My second challenge is just actually doing it. And when I mean actually doing it, it's like, okay, here is an order. Somebody wants oil or... Because all of my products are not something that, you know... I make immediately. I mean, not immediately. Like, I make it and just keep it. No. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes, like, brewing. Like, this is a natural product. Yeah. Right? These are herbs I have to cook up. Okay? And it's a long process, honestly speaking. <laughs> it's a long process if it's only you. I don't have a team. It's not There's not somebody that's making the oil here. Yeah. Somebody's not making the spray I here. I feel like, you. So you right. do everything from... You know, right. you have your I, own recipes, I, I, you make your own I products, and you package everything yourself, you man your own website. Right. It's right. a lot of work. Right, it is a lot of work. And I'm the, I, I wouldn't let my parents do it because, you know, they're not they're not the owner. They're not a co-owner. Yeah. They do support me, but they're not going to help me, like, make them. So I do them all by myself mm-hmm. from, sh- from shipping to making and taking it out. And yeah. it's like, when it's actually time to do it, it's just like, oh my gosh, this work. It's a lot of work. I got so many things to do. Yeah. So, so it's like the procrastination comes. And, you know, I got to get up and do it. Yep. Or else, t- that's bad customer. That's mm-hmm. bad customer service. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things where if you can't be loyal and you can't keep the small amount of customers that you have now how can you expect to grow and to be bigger when you're gonna have a mass like a bigger (laughs) bigger demand so one thing i would say is one thing i would say is like the faster 
the faster I do something, the faster it brews. Because brewing alone, like especially for my rosemary daily um daily spray, mm-hmm. that's rosemary that I have to soak, let it you know let it, you know let the juice come out and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that takes for me that takes like good three days to. Oh so wow! I, I'm not gonna do like a fast track thing. I'm not. So I like to do it in advance, right? So. That alone, I always tell my customers, I email them and tell them, like, you know, your order is still brewing, just, you know, wait up, you know, be patient, please. <laughs> and I always tell my customers, I don't say it like that. <laughs> I always tell my customers or anyone that order that. But still, it's just like, it, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And when I think about the work, that's a challenge for me. I feel you. There are so many times. Yeah, there are so many times when I'll have a commission, and I'll be honest, some commissions are easier than others, but then there Mm -hmm. are some times, especially ones that I have to do, like, actual portrait commissions, and it's just like, oh, man, all right, I'm getting off of my physical job now, Mm -hmm. and now I have to sit, stare at my iPad or whatever it is that I'm creating my art and stuff for hours trying to finish an artwork, and it's just like thinking about how long it's going to take me is just... It takes motivation. It really does. And I, people are constantly always like, when is the when is it done? Like, is it almost done? I'm like, I was like, calm down. Like, I will send you work in progress photos. I'll let you know. But trust me, I didn't forget about it. I am working on it. And you, sometimes you just have to let people know, like, yes, I didn't forget about what, you know, my service for you is. It's just that right. it does take time, especially when you are taking your time to actually create a quality product, whether it's your hair care products, whether it's art, whether it's fashion, it doesn't matter. If you're really yeah, doing it from the heart really, with passion, really, it takes time. Really like that. Like, it really does. It takes a lot of work. It does. And, you know, you just have to tell people, and I'm pretty sure people, people are really, you do think people are not understanding. People are really understanding. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's good. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's literally like, what they say. yeah all right so next question so talk still talking about your business though how did you come up with the name and the vision Uh, for your business that one was funny oh lord that's funny let me tell you a story (laughs) um i have to keep moving because my leg hurt no you're fine my sweetheart is here um my sweetheart is my cat my cat thanks (laughs) so um coming up with a name I had so many names. Oh, Lord. I had so many names. At first, I was going to go with, because I was going to go with Sui Generous, which means like one of a kind. Mm-hmm. It, there was always hair therapy, because it was therapy I was doing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing like products or something. I was doing, because I actually have more stuff coming with my business, but I have to get the basics solid first. Mm-hmm. So, I was like... Sly Generous Hair Therapy. And, you know, it didn't go. I was like, okay, Sly Generous Natural Hair Therapy. <laughs> I don't know what it was. You could do better. <laughs> so it was like, you know, I was like, okay, maybe if I sleep and then God's going to give me like a dream, it's going to bite in a plant. That never happened. So... I had to, but my mom was like, why don't you just use your name? There is nothing wrong with your name. You're the owner, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want to use my name. It's cliche. You know, I wanted to, like, give some, like, nice name. Like, you know, some out-of-the-box name, mm-hmm. like, Brands and Nova. Like, it's the, like, you know, something yep. sweet. So my mom was like, your name is nice. It's Simmy. You Simmy, so I was like, okay, I don't want to, I still didn't want to use Simmy, because I'm just going to write it with a Y, because that's my nickname anyway, mm-hmm. so I wrote it with a Y, that was Simmy, Simmy stood, and I was like, what am I actually doing? What is this business about? It was natural hair therapy, so Simmy's natural hair therapy, there we go, that was the name, it's not fancy, it's not cool. <laughs> but I like it though, like, I think it fits. I think it fits really well. But it's funny that you explained the why. Because I was always when I was like, I know Simmy's real name is with an I, but it's not funny <laughs> how you explained the why. Yeah, because that was my nickname. That's how I spelled my nickname. Mm-hmm. It's still Simmy, just with a Y. It's like the most 
white. So it's like, you know what, let me just use But I, like I can it. put an apostrophe too. Like spin means natural hair therapy. Mm-hmm. So there we go. All right. So I know you touched base a little bit about, you know, your process with making your products. You talked about brewing and all that stuff. But are there like any other stuff? Like if you were to name the steps, what from getting your herbs and stuff, you don't plant them yourself, do you? Or do you get them? When, oh, that's a goal. I want to do, I do want to say that. That's a very big goal for me. That's, that's where I'm actually going. Um, if God permits, um, I do want to start planting my own, my own herbs myself. And I know I will end up doing that, doing that. Um, but no, I don't plant them myself. I do get them from a vendor. Specific herbs, specific herbs. I get them from a vendor, mm-hmm. and some I actually have to get them from abroad, from oh, okay. Nigeria. So I get, I, I, I tell my um, sister what I want, and you know, my sisters in Nigeria, and you know, they actually. The funny thing is, they actually add them fresh over there. Yeah. So when they bring them here. It's a lot longer and stuff like that. But then, my even my dad knows a lot of African people that actually sell um, natural stuff. And, you know, I get them from African market, markets here and some on, online. So, But the goal is eventually I will plant my own stuff. That's really cool. So, as far as, like, when your product is actually done and you're, like, I'm assuming, like, you just, like, pour it into your containers and stuff like that. Do you? Yeah. What is the process for that? Okay. Um. Wait. What would like? How do I pour it? Like, for example, are there certain procedures that you feel like you have to do? Like, are there preservatives that you put in the products? Oh, yes. Are there? Yes, because they are natural. Yes, of course. And I do write them on the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Natural preservatives. Preservatives. <laughs> natural preservatives. Yep. <laughs> preservatives. So I write them on the on the ingredients. Um, but I can tell. I can say it. Um, there is a procedure. First is hygiene, cleanliness. When you're working with natural products, I wear gloves. Mm-hmm. But when you're working with oil, gloves are not really gonna work. They're not really gonna, you know. So I wash my hands, which is very important. First of all, this is COVID. You should be washing your hands. Yeah. But I wash my hands, and um, I said that's from the beginning. I wash my hands when making my products, like, numerous times, like, at least five times. Yeah. Like, once I touch this particular thing, I wash my hands. Now, in none of my products have any harsh chemicals, so, like, thankfully, I don't have to be wearing, like, full-on full stuff. Yeah. Um, this is the place where I make them, to I like, keep it clean, the increase equipment and utensils I use I keep it clean because I'm working with natural products. Some of my some of my um some of my ingredients do not need um preservatives. Especially the oils. They don't need preservatives, they're yeah. oils. Right. And but other ones like the spray, especially the the agro liquid serum, I do use it because I use a lot of ingredients like um and, and I, I do infuse because it's I the oil in it so you do need like some kind of balance yeah so the preservative i use do not have any chemicals in it i specifically actually researched a whole list of preservatives that i could use that are natural yeah because i don't want to use any chemical or any kind of because i just didn't want to use it because why would i do that to yeah i understand there? yeah that makes sense Right, so the preserv- onto the preservatives, onto the pouring, even the containers that you use, I make sure I clean them and sanitize them before I yep. pour them. It's just what comes with making, I, I believe every business owner should do this. Mm-hmm. If you're, like, doing, like, air products mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, yeah, that makes like, sense. Right. All right. So, sadly, this is my last question. <laughs> no. We've come close to the end, so... With everything that we've talked about and all the things that um, you've shared, shed light on, basically, mm-hmm. there are so many people out there who have goals and dreams but have never had the courage or the gut or the risk to make them come to life. So, 
if somebody were listening onto this podcast, what is one thing that you would tell them to encourage them? Just one thing? Yep. Just one? Or however many, Simi. Well, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not the one to say in the sense that, like, I'm still new to the game mm-hmm. of entrepreneurship and business owning. So I wouldn't say I have, like, a lot of experience in that. But for starters, I would say just go for it. Like, don't wait for it. I feel like a lot of people, we, we're waiting for somebody to verify it for us or for somebody to, I mean, if the government has to verify it, you mm-hmm. know. But, you know, we're waiting for, like, Outside validation instead of God's validation. If God is okay with it, and you are sometimes, and actually, sometimes people outside are not the ones enduring us, it's us. So you need to just talk to yourself, ask yourself, why is this important to other people? Mm-hmm. Why is it important to you? And in five years, do you think this is still going to be relevant? And if all that answer is yes, then I think you should go for it. Mm-hmm. I personally think you should go for it. And even and even if you're still doubtful, still let it go. Like, still do it. It's like this. I'm going to use the word universe. If you do something, just do it and put it out there in the universe. Put it out there in the world. And God will bless it for you. Work, what, faith without work is dead. So. Yep. Put in the work, put in the faith, let God bless it for you. So I really think that if you have a business or even it might not be a business, it might be school, it might be work, it might be, you know, a resume, job mm-hmm. interview that you're scared of, just go. Look, will it kill you? No. You're not going to die from it. Mm-hmm. So. That's like the last, literally, that's the last thought I, I have in my mind. Like, when I'm going to do something, like, can this person kill me? Well, depending on what I say. But can this person kill me? Yeah. No, they cannot. They cannot do anything. So why am I scared? So I just do it. That is that's, very that's, that's my I hope it motivates you. No, you, what you said was good. I'm really happy that I chose you for my first person for this new podcast that I'm doing. I was like, I'm here thinking, like, how do I want to start this podcast series off? And I'm like, Simi. <laughs> Simi is my girl. I have to do Simi. So I'm really happy that we could have had this interview. And hopefully down the line, I might have you on again. But, you know. Hopefully, we'll I would really like to come on. Maybe with like a couple of more people so we can talk. To oh, yeah, like a group. That's, yeah, we could right. definitely do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for, you know, picking, I was say picking, yeah, choosing me because that's that's an honor. Like, I feel so, I feel so juicy inside. Like, so, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, Simi. Oh my Lord, this is celebrity vibe. <laughs> And that just about sips it up on this Tea Time with Nate podcast, episode one, She's Coming to America. If you would like to get in touch with my girl Simi and her hair care brand, find and follow her on Instagram. All of her information is noted in the description box below, including a link directly to her website. Share your thoughts in the comments below of a great transition you've gone through in your life. I'll go first. You can read my pinned comment at the top of this comment section. If you enjoyed this first episode of Tea Time with Nay, make sure you're subscribed and ready to receive notifications for next week's episode two, educating ourselves one sip at a time. Ciao. For what is a woman? If we only focus on the ability of her bosom, And what is a man, if you can only take, but not give? Forget sugar and spice, look beyond those gray skies. I want wisdom and understanding, observation and education. Surround me with like-minded souls. All I want is to learn and wisen and grow. Push the negativity aside, just push it aside until it falls off that cliff where your dark thoughts are still hanging.
Let us learn from one another and grow to help each other. Like a succulent in a dry place when it seems there is no rain. In a world full of darkness when all you feel is pain. From the tea bag into my cup, placed it on my coaster of life. Adding all the flavors of us inside. Stirring our thoughts, something so divine. Educating ourselves, one sip at a time.